This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show, of course, because it is Friday and it is kind of nearly just about seven-ish, which is pretty good for us. But there you go. I'm Stanford Chidge, of course, and I have with me the mellifluous Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, how lovely. Tuneful. Oh, thank you. Um, love to be on the show, Chidge. Thanks so much for having me. Right. Always lovely to see you. Now, who have we got on with us tonight, JK? Well, we have the... Uh... The marvellous, um, witty, um, particularly on Twitter, um, young, youthful, went to Mo King's Meadow, um, knowledgeable. Uh, I should then say Sam Inkersoll. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, no, it is. We have Dane, 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 Dean Mears. Yeah. I was just thinking, JK, if he's witty on Twitter, would that make him twitty? Yeah, it would. Mm. Okay. Don't know how Dean feels about that. Hello, mate. Lovely to see you. We don't see you enough these days, so it's really lovely to see you tonight. Yeah, usually I get twatty, so twitty <laughs> is um, a vast improvement. Yeah, long time. Uh, good to be back. Yeah. Um, miss these shows very much. Good. How's the baby? How's the baby? He's uh, quiet for the minute. He's just on the bed, so wait for him to start screaming any time now okay fingers crossed who else have we got jk i think we know already really don't we yeah i did mention him i slipped his name in there well it, it's the um, it's the big cheese of football.london it is sam Incasol. what an introduction thank you very much jk good evening everyone yeah thank you as always for for having me on always a pleasure lovely to see you sam nice to see jk bringing his ringside persona tonight as well I'm loving that. Anyway, I'm glowing. I'm glowing since uh, midweek, Jim. I'm glowing. You took the words. Yep, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, mate. You cannot but glow after that. I know, indeed. Well, actually, that's a really good point because obviously that's where we're going to start tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the fantastic uh, Chelsea uh, Juventus game, and uh, um, I mean, I, I as as you will know because I said it on Monday. You know, it was the first 
midweek game and Champions League game that I had managed to get to for various annoying reasons uh, since we got thumped 3-0 by Bayern Munich back in February 2020. And I have to say, what an absolute joy it was to be... I mean, I'm not even talking about... This is before I even got to the game. I had so much fun seeing everybody that you see on the midweek games. And I mean, I saw loads of people. I mean, obviously DJ and Marco. I saw the lovely Ken Barkway and Callum, who I haven't seen, you know, since the first game of the season because poor old Ken's got a, got hip issues at the moment. And uh, Mr. Rolls, the curator. But actually, I was really chuffed to see somebody that I never see at the weekend because they can't make it at the weekend. That's the lovely Dave Jones and Frank. And I think Kevin from, from the Swindon group. Uh, Dave, Dave, of course, got me my ticket for the Napoli, the famous Napoli match back in 2012. So... Dave and I go way back, and it was lovely to see him as well as uh, uh, who else? I see Paul Carter, Nick Stroudley, Pablo, uh, and uh, and the other thing I need to mention is I saw Mr. Graham Harvey, the lovely Graham Harvey in the pub, and he reminded me that I forgot to mention that I'd seen him and his lovely son George the last time I was at a game because I have the memory of a goldfish. So Graham, I didn't see your son George, but I am doing a belated I saw George at a football match kind of recently. So I hope that. That suffices. And I also saw the lovely Alan and, and Loza and loads of people. So it kind of set the scene perfectly, JK, for what was a brilliant, brilliant evening. Can I say, Chidge, that since your last visit, w- what a journey we've been on since the Bayern Munich game where we were in despair about the the huge, what we thought was an enormous um, gap between abilities, the way the club was being run, the way the club was being managed, and players. All those players had been written off and that we weren't good enough, and this was a step too far for Chelsea. And in that period, we have won the Champions League and are playing the, some of the best football I have ever seen at the bridge. Isn't that an absolutely remarkable um, transformation? It is indeed. And as Sam will know sooner or later, I, I've written on a, on a very similar theme. I mean, I, I, would, I would say that my feeling at the Bayern game was not perhaps as that everything was completely wrong, but I, I, I did think that, it was going to be a very, very long time before I saw Chelsea win another European Cup. And I think, hence, there's the irony, isn't there? But uh, it's a really interesting thing, you know, because we were thinking about this, a few, a few of the people I speak to regularly, and uh, I'll, ask, I'll ask you all, really. Um, I'll ask you first, JK. Um, where do you think that Tuesday's performance ranks in terms of European performances? Um, well, it wasn't up there. We weren't... We weren't, it wasn't desperate, was it, Chich? It wasn't Napoli. We didn't need to, to uh, win the game in order to qualify from the group. Um, we could have lost, we could have drawn and then beaten Zenit and still qualified, finishing second. But um, There's no, no uh, jeopardy on it, in a sense. No, no, there wasn't the same. So, the, uh, consequently, I think the crowd felt that. So, there wasn't the same, um, uh, I don't know, just buzz of, of what might be, what performance you would have, and consequently, almost a feeling of desperation when we when we came back after Napoli scored the first goal as well. So, in, in comparison with with Napoli, but it, it, it isn't it isn't it isn't the same to me. But and the same with Vicenza, another one you could talk about in the Cup Winners' Cup all those years ago. Um, but um, just in terms of performance and blowing a team away, and um, even with that bizarre twenty minute period after we'd gone three 0 up, where um, Everybody seemed to, when Chilwell got injured, and all the substitutions took place and they seemed to change five. And all we seemed to do was defend for a period. And then we got a bit of um, fluidity back again and we scored the fourth. Um, but 
we were so superior to them, which I have to say was the same as we had been in uh, um, in, in in Italy itself. And um, but we didn't put the chances away. And yet there we were, um, the, the ball being smashed into the net, specifically uh, James's completely phenomenal second goal. My goodness me, what? What a strike. I'm just trying to work out what the pace of the ball must have been. It was absolutely brilliant. And his his world-class performance all the way through the game is just shows you how the, the team is, uh, even in the short period between playing um, in Italy, how players have stepped up um, and how Tuchel can bring reserves in. I mean, uh, the fact that Christensen doesn't get in the side and Chalaba plays is quite is, is such a testimony to me to the uh, the excellence of the squad. And it's going to be tested over the next few weeks, obviously, with um, with Chile being injured. And uh, um, uh, and and also, what are they going to do if? All right, all right, all right. So it was. It was, Sorry, it was up me. there. It, it was up answer there. Answer the question. Yeah, yeah. Well, I answered the question, but I've not gone on to other. I things. know, but I shouldn't have done. You should have stopped me. I, well, I was being polite. Oh, you're a sweet man. I'm all Thank heart, you. really. I, but I'm, I, shutting, I, I'm shutting up now. But I think, in a funny old sense, J.K., that that says it all, really. But I, I, we walked out buzzing, and your fan bite, I thought, nailed it in that respect. Dino, where, where does it rank for you? Yeah, like J.K. said, it's up there. I think the fact that it's group stage maybe drops it down a peg or two compared to some of the big nights. But you know, for me, it's great that we we didn't just beat Juventus. We dominated them from start to finish. It was you know us on the front foot. You know, and I've been at the classic nights before where we've defended with our backs to the wall against better teams and snuck our result and we've always enjoyed it. But this is what I want Chelsea to be, you know, the team that inserts themselves on the opposition and we play our way and then you change to us, we don't change to you. Um, yeah, well said, well said. Brilliant. Yeah. Even after the game, sort of thinking about what we're going to talk about, it's quite emotional thinking about the game after it had happened, um, yeah. just sort of realising this sort of dream come true under Tuchel. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, Sam, I, I know you, you can lend us a, a slightly impartial uh, view of, wh- of where it might rank uh, for Chelsea, but I think I'm going to bring in uh, Dino's point there. And, and I think I think what I was I was most excited... I think it's up there with one of our best, certainly most dominant and best performances in Europe. But what I was so delighted with, more than anything else, as somebody who's watched Chelsea for a long, 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 long time... But to see a team full of homegrown academy players absolutely rinse a giant of European football. I mean, they may be a bit ropey at the moment, but let's let's not piss about here. Juventus are one of the great European club sides, and we made them look average. And three of our academy players got on the score sheet. So we, I would like be, be really curious to hear your perspective on that, actually, as a slightly impartial view, really. I mean, it was it was the perfect night. I think wasn't it? obviously apart from the uh, the the, the, t- the two injuries to, to Chilwell and uh, and Dengolo Kante, but apart from that, it, it couldn't have gone much better. And I think the way that I've looked at it is between the two games against Juventus, we remember the the away game where it was quite laborious at times. Obviously, it did dominate the game, but couldn't break them down. Since then, I think it's nine games. Uh, one eight drawn one since then, and that includes this this last Juventus game and uh, beating them four nil. Um, at, at Stamford Bridge, and it just shows how far Tuchel's come, and how and how he might have manipulated a little bit of things with his coaching, um, and it just demonstrates the the elite level coach that he is, and how he's got a tune out of this team. No one can cope with the this wing back system that he's employed. Uh, and yeah, for me, it was as I was saying to you on, on on WhatsApp before we came on. I mean, I haven't covered a lot of European football, but that was the best I've seen 
um, in, in even just watching on TV as well beforehand, uh, before I started covering Chelsea, that was just the most dominant professional battering I think I've um, I've seen for quite some time. And yeah, it was actually a, it was it was a pleasure to be there. And I think that as you mentioned, the whole academy graduates, the three graduates scoring, just topped it all off. And Tuchel himself even said it afterwards that that kind of made made the night, didn't it? and that, that that all of those three were on the score sheet. So yeah, it couldn't really have gone much better, say apart from the injuries. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, you know, yeah, I, exactly that. And Tuchel gets it like they get it, I think, which is great. But uh, there there was a cost, wasn't there? I mean, you know. <sighs> Chilwell, JK. I mean, I know you you started to talk about that, and uh, I was agonising watching it happen. I, I, you know, I was in the, I was in the shed upper on Tuesday. Unusually for me, I, I kind of I'd go on my little tour on European nights, and uh, I had an excellent view, and you could see it. I could see it from where I sat really well. It was like happening in slow motion, and it looked really bad. But I was encouraged by the fact that he he walked off, even though he did it rather gingerly, which kind of made me think, well, maybe. He's not done his uh, ACL. Um, the news today, of course, is that he's got a small, uh, I think it was a small tear or something on his ACL. So we've got six weeks um, before they, they're they going to assess it in six weeks. But it may it may heal. And if it doesn't, then they're going to have to operate, which means he'd be out for the season. But it was, it was tragic, wasn't it? Because he's been playing so well, JK. Just seemed such an innocuous challenge as well, didn't it? It wasn't one of the, it, it wasn't as if he'd been fouled or he stretched. He just seemed to, 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 get tangled up and fall over i mean interestingly what below me what happened was they took an eternity to find the stretcher i don't know if you saw the same sam if you were there and that was the reason why that he started they started taking him off really yeah the stretcher was was strangely in front of um the juventus dugout and uh or behind in the side wherever it was but they just seemed to spend um despite people on the on the pitch doing the sign for the stretcher, um, it, it, nothing seemed to happen. It was just, simply talk about slow motion. It was slow motion with finding the stretcher. And by the time they took all the, um, there seemed to be a lot of track suits on it. Um, by the time they took all the track suits or whatever the debris off, they decided, I think he can probably walk off, which, you know, you, you hope it wasn't doing him more damage. But um, that's what, may, that, as you, all our hopes were up as a consequence, weren't they, Chid? Yeah, By thinking, thinking he's, he's, he's walking off, but he was so ginger with it. He was so, he was in obviously a lot of pain. So, uh, you know, my, I, I immediately didn't go as many people have done, which is I didn't, um, I didn't uh, wet the bed in anxiety. I thought, okay, it's going to give an opportunity to Marcus Alonso. Um, who can step up? Who I think will step up. I think. I think one of the things one has to remember with Tuchel is he seems to make these players better. He seems to make these players play. Um, if they've got a weakness, the weakness is less. And I think he'll. He, I think he will not only step up. I think we're going to see some some great um, Marcus Alonso goals because that is what he's terrific at. And I think he'll he'll is he, going forwards. There's always a defender to cover for him now, which is the which is big a big difference. To when he was playing um, uh, under Frank, where he was very vulnerable in that environment. Whereas in this environment, I think his his strengths of getting forward will be uh, will be absolutely um, um, will be will be paramount for the team, and I think will work well. Okay, we'll probably no doubt pick that up later. Actually, that's interesting. But uh, Dino, I mean, I hear what J.K. says, and I I, I am a fan of Marcus Alonso actually, but uh, I think really, I mean, if you. Get... I wonder if you can actually narrow it down like this, but if you can, my thinking is is actually what's really fundamentally made the difference to Chelsea in the last month or two 
has been the way that Reese James and Ben Chilwell have been playing because actually that they are they are our creative and attacking outlet. Frankly, I mean, it seems to me that the people who play in the front three are just whizzing around being a nuisance. But it's actually the the goal, the cutting edge is coming from Ben Chilwell and Reese James. And I think losing and I think they work so well as a pair as well. That's the other point. So I think losing Chilwell is going to be a massive blow to us, even though Alonso can step in and do well. I know that. But what do you think? Yeah, it's going to be a, a very big loss. I mean, what we were saying when Tuchel first came in and Chelsea were very compact defensively, um, but we struggled to score is that, you know, we needed to release the handbrake on these wing-backs and we found a way this season to do that. And what we've seen, you know, in some matches has been, you know, superb and Cheerwell, although he had a slow start to the season, has, you know, grown into it and has been superb and, you know, shown sort of Southgate that it was wrong to leave him out of the England team, I think, as well. If you could have had Rhys James and Cheerwell on the wings... Maybe the final goes differently for England. But like you said, Alonso knows how to score a goal. And if we can cover him defensively, maybe that's the area that he's going to lack compared to Chilwell's getting up and down the pitch. Getting up seems to be no problem for him. He seems to find an extra gear um, to get into the box. I don't know where it comes from. But when he turns around, that gear disappears. So it's going to be a challenge for the, the midfield who joins um, Jorginho with Kante out to cover that space and for Rudiger as well. But as we've seen, you know, Chadwick comes in superb. Even Ross Barkley's coming to the team look very good. So, sort of, no doubts that whoever plays is going to do very well. Yeah, exactly. I think Tuchel knows the strengths and weaknesses, as JK was saying. Um, I mean, I, I know we, we mentioned Reese James and dispatches, but I, I just want to say one thing very quickly on Reese James. I'm not going to sing it. You'll be delighted to know. But I just want to say there is nothing like Reese James. Nothing, nothing in the world. You're on mute. Still on mute. Yeah. Chinch, we've got to get this song going. I know. I agree completely. It's you, you've got two songs to, to get I've going. I've got two songs to get going now. Yeah. And it's not going to happen in the East Stand, although I'll give it a go. I'm going to keep shouting, East Stand, East Stand, give us a song until yeah. I and hear I'll you st- sing it. And I'll, I'll do it. I'll stand up and sing exactly. on my own, necessary. Um, and but then, then I'll be dragged out, Chinch, just to tell well, you. Well, I, I would hate to think that that might happen. You could always just blame it on me if you want. But uh, okay, there we go. You. Now, obviously, there was a, there was a, there's a, you know, we love having Sam on, and it would be a waste of his time if we didn't, didn't talk to him about what happened at the press conference today. Uh, so I'm going to move on to that now. But, um, you know, obviously, we, we, we talked a little bit about the injuries. I mean, you know, uh, Tuchel said that Kovacic is still out, which is, a, it sounds like he's had quite a nasty one there then which was nastier than I thought. Uh, Kante, we thought, would be out. He's he's not seriously hurt, but he's out for a week, he reckons. Chilwell, obviously, we know about this whole six weeks and then review it. Um, but I thought I thought what was interesting, actually, was what he said about Lukaku, Sam. The fact that Lukaku thinks he's ready to start, but Tuchel's not so sure. I, I wonder if there's anything we can read into that. Um, I, don't, I don't think so. I think it's more just that the players just want to get back playing, don't they, as quick as they possibly can. And I think Tuchel has seen Chelsea score 23 goals in seven and a half games that Lukaku hasn't been around for. So uh, he, he's probably quite happy to hold him back and make sure that he is 100% fully fit, ready, fit and firing to come back into the side when he needs him. And he is going to need him because obviously, as we know, December is, I think it's 10 games in December, isn't it? So it's going to be a very hectic, hectic period. Um, and... It was no surprise to not see him come off the bench, I don't think, in the week because I don't think Chelsea needed him. Then, uh, he's, as I say, he just doesn't want to doesn't want to rush him back and potentially do more damage, um, which I think he's learned his lesson with Kante on that um, at the back end of last season and early this season as well. Kind of rushed him back a little bit too quickly, so it's just managing minutes and managing expectations, I think. But yeah, Lukaku 
it's actually a very difficult conundrum that he's got because, as I said, Chelsea scored 23 goals in seven games that he's not been playing. So, it's, And then you've got your £98 million striker on your bench just waiting to come back in, um, who obviously had, I think it was six games without a goal before he got his injury. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how he brings him back into the side because they look a lot more fluid and a lot more... Well, yeah, well, yeah, they look a lot more fluid with um, when Kai Havertz is playing up there or being Christian Peters with the last couple of games or... Um, Hakim Ziyech and, and Mason Mount up there. So, yeah, it, it, that, that's a big conundrum that he's got on his hands, actually um, reintegrating Lukaku, which seems baffling to say when he's a, he's a club record uh, signing. I personally don't think it, it works in the same way when Lukaku plays. I think it, it um, they have to make allowances for him mm. that they don't have to make when they're playing the way they played when they won the... Uh, the Champions League, which is how yeah. they've been playing recently. That's the problem. And I know it was brought in specifically because we weren't scoring goals, but when the two um, wing-backs start scoring goals like that, then the, the conundrum is is solved. So uh, at the moment, he's, um, he's I think he's like surplus to requirements, an awful thing to say, but uh, do you bring him on as a power sub if things aren't going well? He won't be happy with that, will he? So uh, it's... Um, but yeah. he, he won't be happy if he doesn't play, and he won't no. be happy if he's not involved in the match, and he won't be happy if he's not scoring goals. But, you yeah. know, it's really interesting because, I, I mean, as I said, because I was sat at the front of the shed up, I had a much closer view to the action. And also I was sober. That may also have helped. Um, but it was quite interesting watching the way Juventus defended against us, which was actually appallingly, because they basically had two of their centre-backs marking Pulisic out of the game, which, of course, gave free licence to everybody else, which is why they got battered 4-0. Um, and I thought, how funny that they tried to do that on Pulisic, who's not exactly a huge, you know, he's not like a number nine kind of that threat, really. And They kind of defended against him, like they, like most teams will defend against Lukaku. Lukaku. Ah, yeah. So, I mean, in, in a funny old way, it, the same logic applies. If you, if you focus your defensive strategy entirely on Lukaku, for example, then hopefully Chelsea will have plenty of other players who can take advantage of that space and score. So whether he's happy with that, of course, as you're kind of saying, is a moot point. I just think it's if Havertz is playing up there, he he's much more. Well, he moves all over the place, doesn't he? Yeah, he, yes, it's the mobility. I think Lukaku wants to be accepted as a mobile forward. I think that's his, he thinks is he's improved in that area. But his his strengths are getting the ball in the penalty area and spinning and turning and 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 making little runs off the back of the defender. Um, and that's not what Havertz does at all. Havertz is coming further back and getting. I mean, I have to say some of the spins that Havertz was doing before he was injured. Um, were, were fantastic, and it, against in Leicester, the Leicester game, that's why uh, Evans was all at sea because he was just too good for Evans with his 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 trickery and his pace. And you know, yeah, yeah. The way that that reminds me because I wanted to ask Sam this because no other bugger did in the press conference. How is Havertz? Because I, I I'm you know, was, is he still injured? Is he going to be fit to play on Saturday? Nobody in the press ranks asked Tuchel this. Uh, he, he should be. The, the Chelsea put some pictures out earlier on that he was back in training. Um, so yeah, he should be um, okay for this weekend, as far as I know. There. Um, so yeah, he. he I, I just to echo JK's point. I thought he was outstanding against Leicester. Um, the way he the manipulated that Leicester back line and, and, and created space with his mobility and dragged the defenders out of position uh, to create space for the wing backs. Yeah, he was he was fantastic despite not getting on the score sheet. He was one of Chelsea's better players. But yeah, say so Chelsea put some pictures out of him earlier in training. So I imagine he will be fine for this weekend if if, if required. That's great. That means my team selection will be wrong again then. Uh, more of that later. But uh, they also obviously talked about uh, Ralph Ralph Wangnick. I, I just wanted to hear uh, Andy Goldstein on Talk Sports say that earlier 
but I managed to miss it because he was bound to say Ralph Wangnick. But anyway, Ralph Rangnick has been, we reckon, appointed uh, the interim manager of Man United. And of course, obviously they were going to ask Tuchel about that. And of course, he was a bit of a mentor to both him and Klopp, wasn't he? Not so much Klopp, I don't think, but it's certainly to certainly to Tuchel. Tuchel was very effusive in um, his, his his praise. I think they call him the godfather of the Gagan pressing. Uh, and it was Rangnick that took Tuchel from um, a bar in Stuttgart that he was working at and got him into into coaching again um, after his after his playing career had uh, ended shortly than intended. So, yeah, he's um, he's he's got a lot of time for Rangnick. They're very good. They're very good friends. They're very close. Um, and well, United actually making a move that kind of makes sense actually which is quite surprising considering the last few years but um why, why it's just to see how it plays out why does it make sense for united do you think um because it looks like they've kind of got some sort of forward planning because by the sounds of it um he's going to take a two-year consultancy role after this uh, after this six-month interim manager's job uh, and then they've got some as i say some forward planning some sort of progress and I know German coach is obviously very in vogue at the moment. Obviously, we've got Klopp, we've got Tuchel, uh, and now we've got Rangnick coming in who taught them, who, who kind of taught them both. I say Klopp not so much, but Klopp still took his coaching mantras essentially from from Ralph Rangnick, who's been linked with Premier League moves for some time, but just hasn't got one. Um, now, so, so yeah, I'll, I'll be very interested to see how it works because obviously he's only going to be the manager for six months, but I imagine he will have a huge say in who their next full-time permanent manager so will be once he's done. Don't think it'll be Mopo then. Um, I think it depends who's available in the summer, and I still think Pochettino will get it. Okay, I still, I still think he will because I think he wants it. And Paris Saint Germain are a bit of a circus, really, aren't they? I don't know if you watched the the, the Man City game in midweek, and I don't know how you can manage manage that team. And I think Poch like Poch likes having the power, doesn't he? Which is what he had at Spurs before it kind of all all, all fell apart. And I think that's the kind of thing that he'd like to go back to. So, and I think he'd be given a bit more reign. At, at Old Trafford with working alongside someone like like Ralph Rangnick. Mm. And I say wasn't Rangnick associated with Chelsea? Wasn't he offered the job originally? He was, yeah, he was, but on uh, on the interim basis as well. But he apparently didn't want an interim job after, um, and, and, and now he's taking an interim job. But I think so, yeah, that two year consultancy thing that he's been offered um, after the interim period is over is probably what swayed him. Yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Um, just to kind of finish off on the presser, peeps. Uh, it was very lovely, I think, to hear uh, Tuchel talk about... Uh, I mean, obviously, he, he, he wasn't going to go too too full on, you know. He's not that kind of guy, but he's clearly very happy with how we're playing. But I was really, really intrigued to hear him talk about the mix that we've got. I mean, I remember me and Joe Tweeds, JK will remember this, me and Joe Tweeds used to bang on about this all the time, that what you have to have is a kind of a, a, not a spine necessarily, but a, a really good mix of, of experienced, world-class players interspersed with the best of our brilliant academy. And that's the perfect mix. In other words, get rid of the, you know, the dopey, you know, squad members like Drinkwater and people like that. Some of those awful buys that we made. And, Costa. Yeah, you know, and now it's coming to fruition. But actually Tuchel, Tuchel uh, articulated that far better than me, Sam, didn't he really? in the presser he did yeah um i think he gets it he gets it that uh, there were there, i remember there was a lot of um there was a lot of concern i think when tuka was appointed that he wouldn't necessarily play the academy um players or or, or or there wouldn't necessarily be a pathway from 
from Cobham to the first team, but I think he's proved it all wrong, especially when you look at Trevor Chalabar, who's just been ridiculously good since he came in, uh, got his new long-term contracts and is just going from strength to strength, scoring Premier League debut, scoring Champions League debut. You can't do more than that. Um, I think, yeah, but he's absolutely right. He's got, he's got this really nice mix of experience. You look at Thiago Silva, playing alongside Chalabar, that's the that's the that's the ideal, I think, there when you've got someone who's what, 37, is still playing like he's probably 28, I think. Tiago Silva, judging by his goal line clearance the other night. Uh, oh. and then the and then the and then the youthfulness of Chalabar alongside him. And Chalabar's only going to benefit from playing with one of the best defenders that's ever been. Um it, it, to, to, to help himself develop. So yeah, he, he's got this really nice mix. And then you've obviously got Mason Mount as well, and the Callum Hudson Doy's been in really good form as well recently. Um, if Lukaku comes back in as well, then there's your, that, that's your world class experience there. Uh, yeah, everything just seems to be really rosy at the moment, and you can't. I've, I've only covered the club for what eleven months now that we've been doing it, and the last two games has been some of the best football that I've seen for five, six, seven years from anyone that I've that, that, that I've watched. I think there's. He's just got it right. I don't, I'd love to be able to give a more concise answer and so drill into tactics and, and whatever, but he's just got... Everyone seems to be singing from the same hymn sheet and when everyone's doing that, then you're going to get results. But even with those who are injured, you know, Kovacic is out, and yet they're, they're still playing wonderfully. The midfield is still gelling. Um, uh, there was a rumour that... Um, that Emerson was going to come back because Chilwell was injured. I thought we'd sold Emerson. He wasn't on loan. Is he on loan? Yeah, no, he's on loan. He's, he's, he's on, on loan. loan. He's on loan. They, they yeah, were saying that he was going to be called back in January if Chilwell was out for the rest of the season. I, my heart sank. I thought, <laughs> oh, please, no, we can't possibly have that. No, anybody else gets If we're going to buy somebody else in the January transfer window, buy a fullback, but don't get him back on loan. Having said that, though, I suppose Emma, uh, Tuchel knows what he's like and knows... So it is a possibility if uh, if it's a long-term injury to, to, to Chilwell that um, keeps him out for the season. Yeah, well, we will see. And uh, picking up on uh, Sam's points there, um, I've got a piece coming out on Sunday, Sam? Sunday. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll try, I'll try and get it online Sunday Lovely. before the game. Yeah. Which kind of follows up on all of the things that Sam was saying, really, about that kind of mix of world-class players, experienced players, and, and the great youth that we've got coming through. And, and why I think, if we get it right, we might dominate football in the way that we hoped we would in 2004, but didn't quite. Anyway, more of that on Sunday. Um, as always... Brilliant to see Sam. Lovely to see you, mate. Um, thank you so much for coming on, as always. Love to love to talk to you about football when you come on. Thank you very much, as always, mate, for having me. Always a pleasure. Indeed. Always whizzes past so quickly on a Friday, but there we go. Uh, Sam, great to see you. We'll see you again soon, I hope. And uh, we'll see all of you in a minute, too. We're going to have a quick break. And then when we come back, we've got the lovely Aaron Paul back with us to talk about Man United in the opposition view. We'll see you in a sec. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? 
Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper chels. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stanford Chidge. It is part two. Well, we've had part one, so naturally part two is next. And of course, that means on a Friday night, it's time for this. The Opposition View. That's right. Another opposition view, uh, getting the Man United view, of course, is our great dear old friend, Aaron Paul, award-winning BBC radio presenter, no less. How are you? I'm very well. I'm just glad to be back with you guys. It's been a long time. Chidge, it's always good to see your face. I mean, JK, Dino, like, it's just, it's just good to be back, you know. Good stuff. Good to see you as always. Right, we've got a lot to talk about about United because there's been a little bit of news really recently, hasn't there? Um, yes. So first, first, because I can't remember. I know we spoke to you last season about United, but I can't remember. Were you Ollie in or Ollie out then? Very much Ollie in. Um, I had a love in with him. Like I was just in love with him. Just it. It was always. I think that where it turned for me personally is, is the Liverpool game. That was genuine humiliation um horror show like i i've i haven't felt that deflated at a united game in in a long long time um that was horrendous and to be fair he should have gone then city was embarrassing i wasn't there because i was working um atlanta to be fair i'll be honest with you at the atlanta game before liverpool People are going on on social media. We're back. We're great. Ronaldo's going to lead us to whatever. It's going to be amazing. We were shit. <laughs> Can I swear, by the way? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we were shit. We were so bad. And a Ronaldo 87th minute header doesn't change how crap we were for the balance of the the, the 86 minutes. Um, and so people went into Liverpool sort of with this optimism that, yeah, we're going to be great and we're going to stun them and Oli's going to tactically outbox them. And we bent over and just let them do whatever they wanted. It was genuinely embarrassing. The best bit about it was singing for 30 minutes at the end because you just drowned out that song that they sing. Um, But I have a theory as to where it went wrong at the Liverpool game. Now, I don't know if you believe in superstitions, Mm. 
but um, I believe it went wrong pre-game because when Liverpool were warming up, the absolute tit on the PA at United called Alan Keegan, the voice of Old Trafford who picks the music, decided it'd be a good fucking idea play, to play James Sit Down, which oh, of course no. is the basis of the chant Mo Salah, Mo Salah running down the wing. And was he surprised when he turned around and literally you just, you know, if I hadn't seen such riches, I could live with being poor. Mo Salah. And everyone's like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, no. I know, what an absolute bell. To but look, in, in all seriousness, where do you really think it, it kind of all went wrong for United and, well, and Oli, but United recently? <sighs> he didn't want Ronaldo. Tactical naivety, poor coaching. You look at the the absolute machine that you guys have hired in Tommy Tuchel, um, who is a tactical master. The guy is an animal. I, I love watching him. I, I'll be honest with you. I love watching Chelsea right now. I think you guys are brilliant. I love how, you know, all those random squad players you've got, they're just being folded in. It's like, hey, Trevor Chalobah. Forget that shit season at Ipswich. Come and have a game over here, pal. Like, I love that. Like, he, Chelsea feels so together compared to what we were. We're, we, we've been broken. We've been so disjointed and we're, we're, we're a group of individuals rather than an actual rather team. Rather than a team ethic. It's not the team ethic anymore. There is no team ethic. No with, one cares. United. No one you gives can tell a that shit. just by watching them. There's no one no, cares. No, no one yeah. cares, JK. Unfortunately, Ronaldo is, is the major expression of that, which is a real shame because he scores all we see is the highlights. He's scoring wonderful goals. You just think, what a brilliant player. But I presume that his contribution with the rest of the game is very is very small. There, there, there are a few sort of, well... Yeah, you're spot on there. There are a few sort of like takeaways you can you can go for with United. The first is that Harry Maguire is not an 80 million pound defender or 70 million pound defender, but everyone knows that Harry Maguire himself. <laughs> it's not his fault that he had that tax applied to him, the Man United tax applied to him, because you can guarantee if it was any other club that had gone for him, it would have been 40 to 50. Victor Lindelof is scared of footballs. Very simple. He's scared of football. <laughs> he, he, he shits himself when he sees a football coming to him. If anyone's seen the film, um, if anyone's seen the film uh, Moneyball, there's a scene where David Justice speaks to one of his, his colleagues and he goes, what are you afraid of? And he goes, baseball being thrown at me. And David Justice goes, yeah, mate, yeah. Good, good. He goes, no, 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 I'm, I'm serious. I'm scared of, of them coming at me. That is Lindelof. He, he is he's pony. Um, we have a fundamental issue already where if Varane doesn't play, we're in trouble. The midfield has been lacking. Fred has come in for flat. Then again, Fred always comes in for flat. Donny's come in and, and looks fantastic. But then you get into attack. You talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. And let's be fair, the style that Oli had got us playing last season, where it was a quick counter-attack, pace, 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 that's all gone now. Because as you say, JK, when we're off the ball, you've got to carry it. You've got nine men having to carry it. And... It's hard work because he doesn't want to do the yards in comparison to someone like Cavani, who does the yards. And there was that, I think it was, it might have been against Spurs or against Leeds, where a ball's gone down down towards one of the corner flags. Ronaldo's just like jogging away, leaving it, and Cavani sprinted yes, to go yes, and get yes. the ball to show, come on, get it. You know, it's there's such different players, there's such different players. But again, it's United, lack of direction, lack of leadership, lack of bollocks. 
What do you expect? Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? There's a lot going on there, which I kind of suspected. I mean, look, I don't think I don't think it's been officially announced yet, but it looks pretty certain that Ralph, Ralph Rangnick is going to be the interim manager and then a consultant for two years, according to Sam. Um, you yeah. know, what, what do you think of that? Well, the first thing he's going to say is, hey, you're number 23, Luke Shaw. Get your head out of the fucking biscuit tin. <laughs> yeah, literally. Luke Shaw put some timber on again, boys. I don't know if anyone's noticed, but... He's he, not like, looking, he likes me. He's addicted to McDonald's, isn't he? He's not looking as svelte as he wants. He looks uh, as if he's eaten, he's eaten all the pies. We felt that. Yes, yes, uh, including your pheasant and and stout. Maybe one. he's eaten Varan because obviously Varan's swan. been missing recently. Swan, it's swan, or swan Rashford. Swan. Well, it's a fillet of toucan. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for Ralph Rangnick. You know, unfortunately, we've had. So much hype when it comes to managers. I remember when Louis van Gaal came in, I was like, oh my God, Louis van Gaal, Robin van Persie, it's going to be great. High fives on the side of the pitch. Yes, Bosch. And that went... Remember when Jose came in, everyone's like, shit, you know what? It's not going to be nice. It's going to be ugly, but we're going to win stuff. When Oli come in, didn't really have that expectation. When they gave him the contract, and after that, it went, as you know. Now I'm sat with Ralph Rannick, and I'm thinking, you know what? This is United actually making a proper footballing decision for once. We're not getting someone off of what they've won before because, let's be fair, he's won nothing, you know, Ralph Rangnick. He's won the odd FA Cup, German FA Cup, German League Cup. But, but he knows what he's doing. He knows how to organise shit. And do you know what the truth of the matter is? I want him to kick the shit out of people. I want him to go and say, get Roy Keane as his assistant. Let's go rock and roll like flipping Liverpool. I ain't ever seen it. Let's do things properly now. It's going to be painful. Make no bones about it. I personally think the United era of buying Galacticos or washed up pros, call them what you want, is done. Well, I think that... Sorry? How won't the Glazers be in a position where they say, no, we, we, we want to get these stars playing because the merchandise sells, because the share price goes up? Why would it be any different? Who's because, going to come in and say something different? Uh, get interfere with the Glazers and because say he, because the only way Ralph Rannick has accepted this post is with a certain level of autonomy guaranteed, and he's going to get that. He's going to get that autonomy. I mean, there was a, there was talk about how Chelsea wanted him. Apparently, he turned Chelsea down earlier in, when you guys hired Thomas Tuchel. And let's be fair, that wasn't a bad decision for, for you guys, but. He wants a certain level of autonomy. I think it's it's going to be painful. If I'm honest with you, the funny thing is, is they're talking about this consultancy deal after a six-month spell. If he does well, give it to him. Don't break it up and bring Potching because we all get that West Ham effect. When they were ticking over under David Moyes, they sacked him off to bring in Maurizio, um, what's his face, Pellegrini, who, who won the who won the, the, the title at City. And they then had to sack him off and bring Moyes back, you know, because... It's that disruption. So six months is going to go by. And it's funny, I was listening to Julian Laurent on, on Euroleagues, Five Lives Euroleagues yesterday. Little on-brand there, you see. Yeah, um, clever, clever. You haven't changed. You know, he, he talked about how you can't bring Ralph Rannick in for, for, for five, six months and expect him to do a job and piss off because he's got ideas and methods and things that need time to be implemented. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he does half-decent and we end up going for him as our full-time manager because don't forget he's the cheaper option as well mm. he's cheaper than Pochettino and at the end of the day Glazers want to keep the old bumps yeah. in the pocket be very interesting to see see what that happens I mean I, I mean before all of that though you know I mean obviously he's not going to be on the bench uh, when you play us on Sunday we'll have Carrick's Carrick's on what was it 
Carrick's, Carrick's on the wheel. Carrick's at the wheel. Carrick's at, at the, the wheel. wheel. Uh, that's apparently he's changed his name to that for the uh, oh, for the for nice. the tenure, the very short tenure of his Man United managership. Uh, but you've got to turn some very ugly recent form around. I mean, you've won one in the last seven, lost five and drawn one, and that's not including the 5 nil humping you got from Liverpool. So how on earth does Carrick turn it around on Sunday and then and then uh, rang Nick further down the line? He's not. We're going to get beaten. <laughs> We're going to get battered, right? We're going to get the shit kicked out of us. Well, why do you think that? Why do you think that? Because... At the end of the day, Chelsea are everything that we are not. Chelsea are a machine. Chelsea, machining. They are machine, yeah. They are yeah. machine. They are like the Audi, the BMW of you know the footballing world, you know. Whereas we are not the Volkswagen. No, 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 no. no. no that's a people's car, mate. I know. You guys know, have got I a better was... class about you as well. You guys, are a BM. you guys are a BM. You know. Okay. You are everything we are not, and. You say Brent, Brentford or a Volkswagen, I reckon. Brentford. Yeah, Brentford are the Skoda. Yeah, they are the VW engine, but with a Brentford badge on yeah, top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're together, you're you're unified. Everyone is singing off the same hymn sheet. You don't hear crap coming out of the Chelsea camp. People want to play for your manager. He's a cool guy. You know what? I wish we had him. I think he's fantastic. And the job he's doing at you guys, I... You can't help but sit and admire what Chelsea are doing right now. With us, you're too fast for us. You're too intelligent for us. Our back line is going to be a, a concern because we have no Varane, no Maguire. And so there is a chance that it's going to be buy-in Lindelof. However, Eric... Go on, JK. Eric, Eric Bailly. Eric Bailly, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Bailly, the best Eric since yeah. the King. Oh, Bailly. Yeah, yeah. No, what I wanted to say was, yet you have stellar players. Yes. And I always think that if you get a manager who is not Ollie and is not somebody who was clearly out of his depth for a long time, for us mm. watching as as uh, objectively, um, who didn't seem to be able to to get hold of the the excellence of each, we'd seen these players play for their international sides being completely brilliant, and yet they come back and phone it in, and so forth. There's something isn't isn't working. If you can get somebody who can just make this unbelievable array of talent just perform even seventy five percent, you'll be you'll be quids in. You surely must be in a position to then finish top four. I just I don't get it. I don't understand. How what it is that's missing? Is it is it a personality thing? Is it the egos? Is it like PSG? It's a team. So he said it was a team thing, but at the same time, but but surely you should be able to appeal to some of them out of the you know find eleven who want to play more as a team amidst this this you know you just have to go look through everybody and think he's a star, he's a star, he's a star, he's a great player, he's a great player. We've seen it. Hundreds of no, times, no, haven't we? I'm, I agree. I'm, I'm but fine you know, looking, but, for, but what you I'm do, looking for a manager you, to do that. Yeah, but that's them. the point. I mean, sorry, Aaron, to kind of answer your question, but it'd be interesting to hear what you think of what I, what I say. But, you know, basically, you have to have a manager with a strength of personality to weed out the bad apple and then get them playing as a team to put their egos aside and fight for the cause. And if you don't have the strength of personality or the downright bollocks to do it, you can't be the manager of that side. As, as a group of outsiders, who is the bad apple in at United, in your opinion? Pogba. Pogba. Pogba's been a bad smell at United since he came back. What, here's a question for you, Aaron. I saw Pogba uh, play against Chelsea 
when he was a youth player and you battered us. And we have one of the best youth sides going. He looked a great prospect then. Why? Ask yourself, why did Alec Ferguson get rid of him? He's not an idiot. He's not. He's not at all. Fergie very rarely got it wrong when it came to players. And he held his hands up when he did get it right. I think Yapstam was one of them. But, you know, Pogba has just been a grand waste of money. A grand waste of money. And I don't really care because at the end of the day, as long as it's melting the glazers, cash, you know, cash, I don't, it doesn't bother me. It's no skin off my nose. But Mino Raiola has been a, a real, real problem with, within the camp. Funny thing is, is someone dug up the clip two years ago, Roy Keane saying, the players that shafted Jose are going to be the ones that shaft Oli. And he, lightning does strike twice. You know, it, it has struck twice and, and, and it's happened. Next summer, I mean, we're, we're, we're sitting here and we're saying Oli's had a, a rebuild, he's had a clear out. Well, you've still got a lot of shit in that squad. I'm sorry. Matic is too old. Mata is there because he's a nice guy. Phil Jones. Phil Jones, Phil Jones is in testimonial still. year, boys. He's in testimonial year. Get in. I'm buzzing for it. Man United, Blackburn, all eight of us turning up on, uh, on a hot summer's day in August. But Phil what's Jones this? is there. What's they the are... Sancho situation? Why doesn't Sancho play? Isn't he good enough? He did, he did against uh, he, did, he did. He started the other night and he scored against Villarreal. And yeah. I don't well, know what that's all about. They regularly, what is, Car- is Carrick therefore going to select a side that will do well on Sunday? Because, because, well, because they because they won't so, have the burden think, of, of Oli. But Jake, they... I think Villarreal are a very different kettle of fish to Chelsea. No, indeed. You know, he picked a side that beat Villarreal, and even then, at points, struggled against Villarreal. For some reason, tactically, this side just cannot work. There's no balances, imbalances, left, right, and centre. And defensively, we have the joint second best, seven second worst defense in the league. You know, I can see you guys going hammer and tong at us on, on on Sunday because we are a wounded animal. Until Ralph comes in, we're a wounded animal. And and again, so going back to the point about the whole Oli had a clear out, it's bollocks. It's complete and utter bollocks. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, we've got to get, we've got to sign two new midfielders in in the summer, Pogba will go, who cares? He'll go on a free, go to Real Madrid, get another pay packet. Good luck to him, mate. Pogba will go. We need to sign a holder midfielder. We probably need another defender, probably need another right back, probably need another, you know, probably another left winger or something like that. There's so much still that needs to be done that it's it's a big job. The rot is very much firmly mm. set in. And, and has, has been for years. Yeah, we've seen this story in similar kind of vein to Chelsea, but we tended to get away with it. The sad thing is, you think about it, sad thing is, David Moyes, yeah? If you look at it, we played attacking football under David Moyes. David Moyes arguably had a more difficult job when he took over. Yeah. It's about that back line. We had a new goalkeeper, but from right back to left back, they were all done. Bar Raphael, who was neither here nor there. Vidic, Ever Ferdinand, Dutt. Midfield, Skulls retiring. Giggs, Carrick, Fletcher, had, Fletcher was ill. Up front, you've got Wayne Rooney wanting away. And you've got Danny Welbeck. You've got RVP on one knee. And you've got Danny Welbeck and Javier Hernandez. He had to go and buy 10, 12 players. Now, people sitting there going, oh, I, I don't know if everyone remembers that famous game. We, we drew 2-2 with Fulham at Old Trafford. It was a Sunday afternoon. We put in 87 crosses, yeah? 87 crosses in one game. Now, people sit there going, oh, look, you know, 87 crosses, they only scored two goals. Mate, there was a game the other week. We barely had a shot on target. Fuck 87 crosses. Mm. We are, we look how dramatic 
the, the, the fall has been, how dramatically we have dropped. The, the, the real sheer, like, I just can't even believe it. I'm so baffled when I think about that. David Moyes getting two players signed, one Mata and, and Marouane Fellaini, completely opposite ends of the spectrum. And now we're sat here with a squad which is worth, what, however many millions of pounds. They've sent a billion pounds since then. And we're no longer, we're no further along the line. We're still seventh. We were seventh then, we're seventh now. And now, let's be fair, let's be fair, if he hadn't been our manager before, people go, go and get David at West Ham. Oh, I know, but it's, it's bad management from top to bottom. And I think, you know, that often happens. Listen, um, just kind of to wrap it all up, really, mate. Um, Will, do you think uh, that uh, Carrot will set it up, excuse me, <clears throat> will set it up like he did against Liverpool, which I think was 4 uh, 2 or will he put three at the back like he did against City? And which of the two? Well, who's he going to play three at the back? Well, I was going to say which of the two results are most likely to repeat. This is this is hard, man. The thing is, he plays three at the back. He'll play uh, three at the back. He'll play Shaw, by Lindelof, which is just recipe for disaster. <laughs> you play a back four. You play. Sure, by Lindelof and Wan Bissaka, which is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't know why no one stuck out Wan Bissaka at centre half because I think he's the best one v one defender we've got, and obviously going forward that isn't his forte. Get him in the middle, get him doing something useful. Um, honestly, I think he'll go for a bat four, and I wouldn't be surprised if our granddad Matic is on the pitch at some point. Mm. I don't know what the hell he's going to try and do because it's going to be wave after wave. We are, we're going to struggle. It's going to be a struggle. I've got zero optimism going into the game. I actually uh, get I had two tickets. I got two tickets in the in the season ticket holders ballot. I gave them away because I was told I was working on Sunday afternoon, and now I've been told I'm on an early. So I finished, and now I'm hunting for a ticket. Jk, any any spares in the old Toucan Lounge, pal? I, I if only. Uh... If only I had the spare this weekend. I don't. Well, the next week. I've you know, smarties would be nice. But I I've given my tickets away. Wherever you are, I could hand no, them. Thank you. Well, I've given my tickets away because I was told I was working. No, I know. I heard. I heard. And I, I thought perhaps you'd be standing outside, just you know, begging for a ticket. You know, I could yes, yes, that's hand just you. Probably a, what I um, but I, Chidge, mate, you know, a result here for United is a fart in a hurricane. Yeah. It makes no difference, Paul. Remember, Anthony Taylor is refing, so yeah. there's always a, a poss- possible clangor. Somebody be sent off for doing nothing. That'll be one of ours. Oh, <laughs> mate, I'll have a, I'll have, I'll have a sneaky one on buy to get sent off. No, come on, Taylor's such a he hates Chelsea. Okay, stick a number on it then, uh, Aaron. What do you think? Pain. That's what I think. Call it pain. I think, uh, I, I think we'll get beat. I think we will. I think we'll score. Not many people do. Against us, I think we'll score. Uh, yeah, but Ronaldo, Ronaldo special. I don't care where it comes from. We'll bring Ashley Cole back just for this game. Why not? Fred's backside for all I care. Um, so, so United are going to get we'll, one. I think we'll lose three-one. Yeah, interesting. I think we'll lose. I tell you what, I can share with you that I spoke to the great legend Kerry Dixon this afternoon because we have this we have this Premier League predictions league which actually JK and I are beyond horrendous at. We've got, we've got Kerry Dixon, Pat Nevin and Canners in the league as mm. well. And so I did, I, I have to do Kerry's predictions for him. He doesn't do computers. So he, he, he literally phones it in and uh, he, he said three, one 
to us for that match. So there, there you go. go. You and Kerry are simpatico. Um, obviously, Aaron, I really hope that that bears fruit. I could do without the yeah, goal, to be honest, but uh, I'd settle for 3-1, no problem at all. Um, this is a one-off. Normally, the opposition view can never, ever no. give a result against their team, but you are in such a, a slough of despond. It could be a ruse, JK. It could be a rope-a-dope, mate. It could be sucking us in, false expectations yeah, and all of that. He's a clever bugger, Aaron, remember? Yeah, he is. He yeah. is. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, Chats. But, I mean, look, it's it's... It's a very, very weird time for my club right now. We're cl- clutching onto the smallest little victories. Yeah. I mean, I, I genuinely cannot predict what's going to happen. Oh, well, I'm, I'll settle for your 3-1 then. Aaron, it's been much. lovely, lovely to see you again, as it always is. And JK and myself, certainly, maybe another, will look forward to seeing you on BBC Radio London at 7 o'clock on Monday, December the 6th, right? Can't wait. It's going to be a day. JK, what's the number? What's the number? Oh, God. Oh, in hundred seven three one two thousand. Love a bike ride to Banana Hill afterwards. Yeah. Oh, and I'll have to play it like that then. Okay. And, <laughs> and we have to. We'll have to behave ourselves, uh, JK. This is the BBC, not Love Sport, mate. So. Okay, I'll speak to everybody like that then, if that's and, okay yeah, with you. And uh, anyway, you, you look. You can start the show with this is London. Yes, I will. This is London. This is the Chelsea fan cast in association with. BBC London, and Chidge is here. Hello, Chidge. Uh, if you do that, I will be as speechless as I am now. Um, anyway, look, you <laughs> lot out there, make sure you phone in and, and talk to us because then it makes Aaron look great and then we get to go on it again. But anyway, Aaron, yeah. until then, lovely Thank to you see both. you, fella. And uh, God bless. try and enjoy Sunday and we'll catch up with you in December. Bye, boys. Enjoy the game, traps. Take care. We will. Good stuff. There you go, the brilliant Aaron Paul, who, as I said, used to do our Love Sports show and is now an award-winning BBC radio presenter in his own right and uh, on BBC London and Radio 5 and all sorts of other things too. And we'll be with him on December the 6th at 7pm. So there we go. Now, uh, in a minute or two, uh, we will be coming back and we will be talking about our preview of the Chelsea United game. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back, this is Stanford Chidge, and I've got uh, Mr Jonathan Kidd with me. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And I've also got Dino. Dino, you okay? Yeah, dinner was ready, so oh, I got I... to myself up a bowl. You, yeah, you went a bit AWOL. I was, I was hoping for you. I was hoping that you would give Aaron a grilling. Well, I think he was saying make me think that they're going to win one nil. Yeah, so it's upsetting quite a lot how how bad he said they are. He kind of stole our thunder, really, didn't he? Because he was so depressed about it that we couldn't really, you know, kick him too hard. But there you go. Um, before we get on with this, I, I have an announcement to make, as I often do on a Friday, uh, and that is, of course, we've got another football prizes competition uh, and this week's fo- at football underscore prizes competition on it, that's their twitter handle is the chance to win wait for it wait for it a frank lampard signed and framed boot which is a thing of wonder and beauty and uh, i would urge you to go and try and win it now the tickets are six pounds 95 pence each uh, and the draw ends at 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday, the 1st of December. Uh, and to enter this, I mean, basically what you have to do, it's like it's like the National Lottery, or not really. I can't, it's hard to do. They have a tumbola with little ping-pong balls in there with numbers from 1 to 99 on it. And you buy tickets with a number on it. So 
when they spin the tombola, which is not really a tombola, it's more of a very fancy electronic thing, they pick a ball out and that is the winning number. So if you've bought a ticket with that number on it, you win uh, win the prize. Now, if you've bought enough, you know, you can buy as many tickets as you want. Nothing stopping you. You could buy all 99 if you wanted, but uh, you can buy one or several or whatever. But the more you buy, the more chance you've got of winning obviously so there you go if you want to go and buy a ticket go to footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash lampard hyphen boot and i will be putting that on our twitter feed later after the show and then you can just do it direct from there so there we go good luck everybody who's going to play in that right 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 oh guess what jk guess what it's time for um uh um uh um a cup of tea nope Team selection. Uh, Close. There, there is a T in team selection. There's a T in it, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. There's no yeah. me in team, but there is a T. Oh, team selection, which we're so um, rubbish at. Mainly yeah. because he always throws in something that we... put. And also, Chid, you've got to stop thinking that Jugger Silver won't play. Yeah. Because it always ruins your prediction completely. Yeah. I'm Every good. single time. I, we're keeping him in mothballs. We're making sure... Yeah. We're, putting a, we're putting an Ida down around him so that he doesn't... Yeah. I, I haven't done that. This week. Not gonna happen. I haven't done it this week. This is this is my team, uh, for which I'd like you and Dino to discuss. Uh Mendy in goal, Rudiger, Silver, Chalabar, Alonso, Jorginho, Loftus Cheek, James, Hudson Adoy, Ziyech, and I have put Pulisic. And the reason I did that was because I was thinking that Havertz might not be fit, but there's a chance that he may be. If he's fit then I still think that ZH or Mount... If, if Havertz is fit, I think that Mount will play with him. If Havertz doesn't play, I think it'll be Pulisic and ZH, largely because I think Pulisic and ZH link up quite well, actually, like they did uh, against Leicester. So, uh, but that wasn't a prediction. That was just hedging your bets. Well, I'm not really... I've, I've, I've told you what I've gone with, but I've qualified it. Yeah, okay. Hedging your bets, yeah. yeah qualified yeah, right. it. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. So right, what do you think? Enough. Yeah, well, I mean, I, 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 I think absolutely agree with you. The Pulisic-Zayat combination is is terrific, and I think he was really impressed that it came on at Leicester and scored and looked really tricky. And Zayat had a fantastic second half the other night. He started giving the ball. I, I got given grief about it by saying that I didn't. I thought he was a bit rubbish in the first twenty minutes, but he was. He was over trying again, and he was giving the ball away too often. But then he got. He he just got his pace right and was. Um, was I, th- I thought the balance was excellent. I thought he had a terrific second half. I was very impressed. So I don't think he's likely to uh, to drop him. I think you're absolutely right, Chidge. I think he'll pay Pulisic and Zayek. Mm. But you... I'm, I, and I'm trying to think who else he could play instead of Loftus-Cheek. He might throw a, something in by playing. He might play Barkley and Jorginho. You never know. No, he won't. Because Loftus-Cheek um, ticks so many boxes in terms of, uh, um, of what... Um, uh, Kante can do, which is coming back and defending. I thought Loftus Cheek got better and better as the game went on as well. Actually, when he came on against Juventus, yeah, 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 he played. Uh, he looked pretty good. He looked, yeah, it's oh, just yeah. fantastic, isn't it? The way all these these players and as as um, Aaron put it, you know, Chalabar was had a kind of n- n- not great convincing performance at Ipswich when he played for them, and Loftus Cheek similarly with Fulham, and they've come in and uh, within the the structure that he creates for them. They're, they're playing they're playing fantastic standard of football. Um, but we're all agreed Alonso will come in, obviously. Um, but to, do you think he might throw us a curveball by by playing Christensen? Yeah, he might do. He might do. Or Aspie, of course. But I, 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 think, I, think, I think his preference would be Rudiger, Silva, slash Christensen, Jaloba, because they've all got pace. 
And yeah. the one the one thing that United have got, I mean, you know, well, I say that I don't think Rashford will play for them, but they've got some fast players. Although it's very hard to know who they're going to play. Actually, I mean, Sancho. I mean, I tell you what, Dino, Sancho uh, up against Alonso is giving me nightmares already. Yeah, but you got Rudiger behind him. Yeah, so. I know, I know. Um, I think you, I think you got the lineup spot on, Chich. You, you're what really? Wow. Yeah, I think with Tuchel likes, I call it the hot hand. So the players that are playing well, he he does let them play. Um, the front three have been playing well, so they'll play. I think the midfield two pick themselves, the wing backs pick themselves, and the back three have been excellent. So unless Silva's still not up to it because of his, he did hurt himself against Juventus. That could be the only one for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. Um, um thus far, I'm, I've never got it right. So uh, it'll be a major surprise if I do. I mean. You know, the only other issue, of course, is Lukaku. I mean, I think he, he kind of telegraphed that today, really, by saying that Lukaku's probably not going to start. And, of course, the other issue is Mount. And, uh, you know, Mount lost lost quite a lot of weight, apparently, after his wisdom tooth issue. Um, and he's not, let's be fair, he's not hit... I mean, we said it on the show on Monday. He's not hit the heights that he hit last season. And yet even a Mason Mount not hitting the heights of last season... It still does what nobody else in this team can do, which is to bring some energy, dynamism, and and he, he instigates the press. So I think he's very fundamental to what we do. Um, and I think, JK, you were saying on Monday that, that, that Tuchel looks like he's trying to just play him back into form, a bit like a cricketer, you know, play him he back into form. He tends to do this, doesn't he, Tuchel? He doesn't give people... Um, they don't instantly come back if they've had some kind of injury. He coaxes them into the first team. Isn't that right? Yeah. Exactly. So, who knows? He may start him, but uh, we'll still see. No, um, no, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. No, I don't I think, think he will either. I mean, as you know, because that's what I what I put down. I put down and he wouldn't. But, yeah. you know, nothing nothing that Tuchel does would surprise me. Um, it seems to me that because they've still got Carrick in charge and Mike Phelan and Rangnick's not really there yet, that, um, you know, I'm not convinced that United are going to have a new manager bounce on Sunday because they don't have a new manager. They have the same old rubbish people they had before. So, would you agree with that? For me, yeah, or, you know, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I don't think we'll have any problem at all with them. I think we'll win three 0 So, you know, I think we'll. It's kind of my default at the moment. I just think we're so good. Um, that, to mind you, I said that with Lampard, didn't I? I guess when all the wheels fell off, but the wheels aren't going to fall off with Tuchel. This is a, a wonderful manager and a wonderful team. Um, and I think it'll it'll be impressive how even with the injuries they just they all all the cogs fit into the wheel correctly and uh, um, and I think they will be too good for them. I mean, what about you, Dean? I mean, I I don't see I don't see I just cannot see how the new manager bounce holds water when they haven't in fact got a new manager. Yeah, I mean, Carrick was there with Ollie, wasn't he? So it's sort of pretty much the same. Sort of, he was there coaching a terrible team. Uh, under a manager and now he's the one in charge coaching a, a terrible team and you know we've heard Aaron speak about Man United for a couple of years and never like this though um, it's just like completely different and the way we're playing it's hard to see sort of past us but I wonder if the next part of the show Chief, might change JK's mind well indeed uh, because the uh, the joker in the pack JK of course is the fact we've got Anthony Taylor as the referee but not only that we've got Chris Kavanagh on VAR, that that is that is a pairing made in hell. Well, all it needs is a, a, a ludicrous decision, a ludicrous sending off, 
and uh, and the balance of the of the team is destroyed, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I still think we could beat them with ten men, but um, uh, he wasn't as bad in his last match, was he? He didn't um, uh, he didn't give as many bad decisions. In fact, uh, the Brentford game, I think, was his last one. In fact, he gave he gave a few that we thought were a bit dubious and were were possibly he'd been he'd been reading the um, the press saying that he was completely biased, so he was trying not to be that way. But um, uh, he is always an accident waiting to happen. I'm absolutely confused as to why he hasn't been found out. It is absurd, isn't it? Well, this? I mean, he does it in Europe. He does it in international yeah. matches. I mean, he's yeah. shit wherever he referees. That's the staggering yeah. thing that the can't well, find, you know, don't find him out. He's contentious as well, isn't he? He comes up with strange laws and strange ideas that um, don't hold water and just make him out to look absolutely useless. And yet there he is again. I, I'm utterly bemused. I'm sure by... they do it on purpose just to fuck us off, mate. I can't. Well, there's no other explanation for it. Isn't it been that it's been eleven game, twelve games, and um, we've only won three of them? Yeah, exactly that. Well, actually, it's a good point because Dino, our our, our, our recent record. I mean, because you see, uh, you know, J.K. will will validate this, but for most of my period of sport in Chelsea, you know. We've always done really well against United. I mean, we've got one of the best records against United in the Premier League, certainly. But it goes goes before that. I mean, many of us can recall in the 80s, Kerry going up and scoring a couple of goals, beating them 2-1. You know, we've always done well against United. And yet, the last time we beat them in a league game was in November 2017, when I think Alvo Morata scored a goal, 1-0. And since then, we've uh, drawn... Well, the last season was 2 nil nils. I mean, I'm I'm, incl- I'm I'm ignoring the FA Cup and the uh, League Cup matches where we we won. Uh, certainly, hang on, let's have a look. Yeah, we won both the FA Cup matches, including the final, of course. But the league game, uh, the pre- previous season, we lost two nil at home. Before that, we got stomped four nil. Frank's first game in charge. Before that, one one we drew up there. Before that, two two at home. Uh, before that, two one away we lost to United. Which is, as I said, in my my you know what years of watching Chelsea, that's really unusual. But they've become something of a bogey side for us, which is just nuts. But surely that cycle has to come to an end. I mean, particularly when you think that you know, as Aaron was saying, no no Maguire, no Varane, so they got no defence. Uh, Fred's a bit of a doubt as well. Sure, I heard is a bit of a doubt too. Um, you know that surely we can't screw it up against them this Sunday. You'd like to think not. Um, Unless Anthony Taylor does for us, of course, as we were saying. Yeah, that's the outlier, isn't it? Um, you know, it seems strange that it's flipped where we wasn't sort of expected to beat United and always did. And then we sort of become the dominant team out of the two of us and then they get the results. And I don't know what, why Lampard can never get a result against Oli. That always blew my mind. But, you know, we've got memories. We've got, you know, Thomas Tuchel. We've got a team that's on its way to... A title win, even back-to-back European Championships, you you couldn't rule it out against this team right now. And like you said, they've got so many injuries and players out, and they're in a bit of a flux where they don't know who's well, they sort of assume who's coming in, but they don't know what that manager's going to want, what their squad's going to look like. There's obviously going to be questions with some of the players if they're going to play now. The new manager's in, um, and we're settled, we're happy, we're content, we're playing football that we know how to play. We're in excellent form and. Only Anthony Taylor can stop us now. Okay, I love your positivity, mate. JK, 
I mean, apart from Anthony Taylor, obviously, um, are you are you a little bit worried? I, I'll be honest, I am a little bit worried, to be honest. But are you a little bit worried about the fact that we've lost Chilwell and Kante, two no, of our two of our hang on two of our best performing players recently, which have got us playing this beautiful way we're playing at the moment? I think Kante will always be a loss in a situation because he's 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 world class. Um, but I, I've I've been critical of Chilwell. I think he uh, gives the ball away a little bit too much. I think he's uh, improved his shooting. Um, I don't see that Alonso won't um, uh, uh, slip in very easily, as I said. I think, uh, and Rudiger backs him up, and I think he'll score on Sunday. I think he'll get into a position to score. Um, he's got a wonderful shot. I think he's actually he, he's got a better better finish than Chilwell. Just so happens that Chilwell. Um, uh, has a terrific finish as well. I think they're both as equally well. They're all. I think. I think Alonso's slightly better than him, but there's a huge standard. It's a huge standard of excellence we're talking about here. Um, and I, I, I. And and you can be assured that, that Alonso's been working on his game. You know, he, that's what Tuchel does. He'll have been saying you're not quite as good at this, so you need to improve at this. This is what Tuchel does. I, I, I'm. I don't think we're going to have any problem at all with Alonso slotting into the setup at all. And I think that whoever comes in for Kante will perform out of their skin as well. Um, unless um, United suddenly turn up as a, um, you know, playing like Brentford, but they won't. They'll try and play football. They'll try and take it to Chelsea because that's just, that's, they can't do anything else with these players. The ego is too much. I don't think he'd be able to play defensively and then on the break as, 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 as easily as um, I think we, we, we've got players to defeat that every time. I think we'll have masses of possession, masses of uh, um, of corners and shots. It's just a question of how many of them go in. I, I I mean, think I, to start with your Alonso, I mean, I, I have, I, you know, I like Alonso, as you well know, and I have I have utter faith in him, uh, apart from if and when he gets exposed defensively. And as you said, you've got Rudiger to bail him out. And I mean, actually... The one slight thing that worries me is that you've also got Kante usually to bail him out, and of course you haven't got Kante being able to do that, so that is a worry. I, um, I think, I think that Ben Chilwell's all-round game is slightly better. I think what Chilwell does is he brings a real energy, you know, and pace to the side. So I just, I mean, because the, the reality is, I think that Alonso's a lot easier to defend against than Chilwell, because Chilwell just gets in their faces and he gets up and down. So you've got two of them, like you know, James and Chilwell doing the same thing. No, I, Teams I, can't I, cope with that. I agree, and I, I think there is some. Uh, you're right about the Ant Chilwell's energy, but I still think that Alonso is a, um, a very decent yeah, substitute. And as do I. So I'm, I'm not. I'm not hugely worried. I mean, the other thing that I, I, I was thinking and reading about uh, Dino was that. Really, I mean, it's a great article in Football London. Actually, like a kind of quite a tactical one, but they were saying that the secret to uh, what happened uh, when Liverpool played United and then City played United was basically they, 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 you know, they targeted United's midfield, of course, which is the hilariously, uh, uh, you know, McFred partnership. Um, and I mean, I think Klopp outnumbered them in midfield, and I think City just went round them. But either way, they were left isolated and they didn't get into the game. And that's just gave, gave Liverpool and City complete control. So it'll be interesting to see how United do set up. But And I think I think Aaron's right. I think they'll go four. But I mean, we're, we're inevitably going to play the way we normally play. So I think the fact that, you know, if you had if you had Chilwell and uh, and uh, Reese both playing together, I think that that helps the midfield not get outnumbered. And I'm wondering what might happen if you've got Alonso 
and James. Maybe that's a weak point. But I do, I do think it's the key to the game. And I mean, like when we played Leicester last week, we won the midfield battle conclusively. Hence, we had all the possession and all the opportunities and we, we hammered them. So I'm kind of wondering, in light of that, how it might go down on Sunday. What do you think? Uh, well, I think they just won't get a kick. So they won't have the ball. They'll just be trying to set up to block sort of passing channels and the way the front three will move, especially if Lukaku doesn't play. Um, and the fluidity of that. I think there's this image from the Juventus game where Chelsea got eight players lined up sort of across Juventus's back line. And that's sort of impossible to set up against tactically because players have to be in unnatural positions and that creates overloads and spaces for Chelsea to attack. And when you've got Alonso, anything can happen in the final third. We know that. Um, and Reese has been superb and... You know, when Conte went off against Juventus, it was 1-0 and we won the game 4-0 with Loftus-Cheek and Jorginho. So we're just better than them at football. And I mean, you can read into the tactics so much. Yeah, but it's, it's a simple game, really. We, are be- we have better players is. than them, I think. Yeah. And a better manager and we'll be better set up and we're in better form. You know, we're full of confidence. I, I totally agree with you. You know, I actually think, I think you've got to make a good point there. I think, uh, I think that... You know, I mean, here's the thing. If Silver plays, which I really hope he does, one of the things I've been noticing about Silver a lot recently is that he, he's more of a sweeper than a central defender. He runs the game for us. He he is effectively like the playmaker. He cleans up everything and he sets it all going, whether short or long. And, you know, he's got the whole game in front of him and he reads it so well and he's an absolute master at it. And if they've got Ronaldo up front, which they will have, he's not he's not going to press any of our back three. So we're, they're going to concede possession to our back three. Silva's going to distribute it brilliantly like he always does. But I think the other key to it is is Loftus-Cheek. Because if United decide to basically part the bus, which they could conceivably do, then having Loftus-Cheek in the side, I think, gives us far more creativity in midfield of linking the play. And I think that could, I think it, it could be really set up well for Loftus-Cheek, I think. What do you think, boys? He could even score because he's a decent shot. It's interesting with Kovacic not playing, you've got more opportunities for, for scoring from the midfield if Loftus-Cheek plays because he really has a stinger of a shot. Um, but yeah, I'll be intrigued to see who he does pick there. He might, you know, once again, confuse us by picking Barkley there. He might then put Barkley playing just slightly further forward than he has been. So he might, uh, he might play uh, what he did against Burnley. Yeah. 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 So maybe, well, I mean, that I think that'll depend. Who, who, depends who he plays as a striker, I think. But he could play Hudson Odoi and Barkley behind Havertz, for example, which is what. Yeah, you, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. Not, possibly not play Zayek either. We were confused by that, or because Zayek becomes slightly surplus to uh, to requirements then. Mm. So many it's choices. Just, Sorry, go on. Yeah, we've seen he, he drops into the, the midfield. And he makes the opposition sort of drop to pick him up and it frees up Jorginho in space, obviously further further back. And like I said, Ronaldo's not going to press, so there's going to be space for him there. Uh, so that's sort of another thing we can look for sort of in this game and the reason why I think the, the lineup that you predicted is right. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Well, we'll find out on Sunday, won't we? Um predictions, JK, you said three nil, yeah? Yeah, three nil, yeah. Yeah, I mean <sighs> I mean, every time I, I, I predict that Chelsea are going to concede a goal, uh, they they don't, and I lose points in the Prem Predictions League. Um, but I, I I think Kerry and and Aaron are right. I I think because I you know 
Anthony Taylor, Ronaldo being a spawny bastard. Yeah, I can see them scoring a goal. So I'm going to go 3-1. Dean? I'm going to go with 5-0. 5-0! One of the classic Chelsea-Man United wouldn't, games. Wouldn't that be wonderful? You know? Yeah. We need an equivalent, an equivalence of Chris Sutton. There you go. Timo Werner scores a goal. There we go. That was, no, that's unfair. He's much better than Chris Sutton, and far more likable too. Um, well, Dino five nil. And where are you in the predictions league at the moment? On page two. That's okay, that cool. might explain it then. Top of page two. <laughs> well, I should shut up because me and JK are down the bottom. But there you go. I haven't said anything. I've said nothing. Don't include me. No, true. I know. I know. But I've let someone else pick this week. See if that works. Yeah, I might get my wife to start picking it. No, she can't do any worse than me, but there you go. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, Prem Predictions League people, uh, if you're listening, make sure you get them in before 12.30 tomorrow because the Arsenal-Newcastle game kicks off then. And good luck, obviously. Right, uh, that, I'm afraid, is about all we've got time for this week. Uh, JK and I will be back on Monday for the main Chelsea Fancast show with, oh my God, it's the return of the, uh, what do they call them? The, I can't remember what they smut call them buddies. now. The Smut Buddies, that's right. Thank you, Dean. <laughs> yes, it's the return of the Smut Buddies. Uh, Tony Glover and Alex Churchill will be back in the house, so it'll be a riot on Monday. And then the following Friday, week today, we'll be back with the preview show with me, JK, Dan Silver, and Adam Newson. So there we go. Lots more fun to be had next week. Uh, Dino, lovely to see you, my friend. How's how's uh, went to Mo King's Meadow going, by the way? Got, got another one up today. Sorry, a bit later than I intended, but I've had a bit of a week. Yeah, very well. Our next sort of episode is going to be number 50. Yeah. Um, so we're racking them up. Um, people are listening. People are enjoying. Uh, I just want to mention as well, on Sunday the 5th is the FA Cup final. Um, they're playing last year's competition this season. So if anyone was you know, free and wants to go to Wembley, tickets are just £20 and you know a chance to see hopefully Chelsea win a trophy. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Well, keep up the good work with that with you Jane and Dane uh, it's a very enjoyable show people get your ears around it and uh, Mr Kidd uh, as always an absolute pleasure and a delight thank you it's it's uh, nice to be on the show thank you as always lovely lovely and uh, I hope to see uh, some of you lot out there on Sunday uh, me and Tony and a few of the other reprobates will be in the cock I won't be drinking because I've got to drive because the bloody transport from Winchester is still a nightmare but uh, never mind, I'll still be there and hopefully relatively entertaining. Uh, but good luck. Enjoy the game, everybody. Thanks for listening tonight, of course, and uh, we'll see you on Monday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.